We don't want to wait. We don't want to wait. But we, I feel like we need to talk solemnly. We waited. <laughs> we waited for a while. <laughs> the show is in, is this show in season three already? Uh, season two just ended. So it's a perfect time to talk about The Handmaid's Tale, a rollicking adventure with <laughs> lots of comedy and joy. Oh my God, the special moments. Uh, heartwarming stuff. Um, there's a little bit of filler. They do bottle episodes. They do. Um, do they really? They do clip shows. Uh, no. It's just amazing. Um, you just get some funny characters in here, you know. <laughs> uh, lots of hijinks. No, this is dour, and we're going to talk about We're going to talk about dour misery show but i think it's full of some great drama some great filmmaking some great acting um and just a lot of just like stuff of just like i don't know you're you see something like this and you're like what would i do if i would be put in this this situation and uh you know i'm i'm not going to mention that this is coming for all of us and uh and well you know not at all so um maybe we should just open up the podcast by saying uh blessed be the fruit uh my name is commander uh robin and this is of edward who is my co-host co-host um so uh did you want to introduce yourself of edward <laughs> uh my name is stephanie uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we're going to be talking about the first two episodes of Handmaid's Tale today. We're going to be talking about Offred and um, Birthday. Birthday. And uh, do we want to just kind of do some overall? Uh, I mean, okay, so I'll, I'll just say I've watched both seasons and I I can't believe it. I can't believe I can say that I love this show. But I do love this show. It's not because it's uh, like, holy cow, it brings me joy. But I am on the – I am tense. I am on the edge of my oh. seat. I'm stressed and I, I I just I just like a show that grabs me like this one. Yeah, it's excellent. Mm-hmm. It's, it's excellently made. It's very uh, cinematic and it, it, you know, it wins all the Emmys mm-hmm. and it should. I mean, Elizabeth Moss is a oh. fantastic lead. I mean, she's such a good actress. Uh, yes, queen. <laughs> but <say> that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's like, oh my God, what can they, what can this show do next? Right. It's just dread. And I, yeah, you know, you're like half, Alfred, Alfred, just give up. Yeah. Just give in, mm-hmm. and then you're like, "No, you got to fight yes. for your daughter." Oh, it's just, it's, yeah. I don't think it's so visceral. I don't think there's many shows that are as visceral as this show is. And I do apologize uh, to you and maybe to our listeners who are just having this 
happy little show about Dawson's Creek and <laughs> popular and my so-called life and then Smallville. Uh, and, and of course, uh, we had, you know, like a kind of a, a record scratch of a show named Fleabag just last week. <laughs> and now we're like, you know, it, that show is kind of dark, but this is like we are now plunged into, you know, soot cloth. <laughs> like, so uh, I this is kind of uh, uh, the new format of our show, which is just like we just want to binge watch stuff that we want to binge watch. And uh, hope you'll stick with us. If not, check back. We'll be done with the show eventually. And then there'll be some <laughs> more. Um, and we'll probably be going back and forth between just like clearing our queue and – you know, some stuff we've promised to rewatch. <laughs> so anyway, um, what was I trying to say? You were trying to say, yeah, this is not fun. <laughs> this is not fun. <laughs> but for some reason, I just enjoy it. Like this whole thing is, can you imagine being in this situation? Uh, just, and, and we have helpless, just this helpless situation. And we have this, like, like you see how, um, she, you know, she keeps her head down for most of the time, but you can you can see the fucking anger in her eyes at all times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's so interesting? The, the the first episode. What was so fascinating to me is, you know, we all have different personalities. We all uh, in different ways. You know, like you join the military and you get in line and you uh, you're kind of brainwashed into the ways of the military to where and just like when you start a new job Mm -hmm. you get in line you're like they didn't do it this way at my old job but this is the way they do it here i'm here so i got to do it this way even though it makes no sense you know you just give in quit in rome do like the romans (laughs) and some people are harder to get in line and uh what's her name oh are you talking about? I don't know. I don't know people's names. J- Janine. Oh, Janine. Yeah. Janine was of Warren. <laughs> of Warren, she was. Uh, she was a uh, an extreme case. They had to do something extreme to her to yeah. bend her wheel because she was. And so June is pretty strong willed too, but she's going to. She's just going to hide it mm-hmm. until she has her. Uh, Opportunity, I guess. I don't know. I'm not sure what happens. This does uh, kind of strike a chord with me. I like a good revenge story. I like a good Count mm-hmm. of Monte Cristo. I'm there to suffer with the Count, you know, with, with uh, what's his name, in his cell for a long time as he, you know, swears vengeance, you know. And so I kind of see this as like a, a prison camp that she's stuck in. And, uh, you know, she's going to Shawshank her way out of it somehow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, but oh, I, you know what? I actually do remember what I was trying to say. I wanted to say that I've seen both seasons, and I just read the book. Uh, it was based on because I was so excited to talk about this with you for some reason. I'm so excited about this dark show. But I wanted to inform everybody where you're at with this show. Like you've watched three episodes or so, three or four episodes. Uh, I, think. I couldn't remember, but I, I know what happens to Rory Gilmore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rory Gilmore. <laughs> Yes, we might be calling her Rory Gilmore. Uh, She's called Of Glenn in the show. Of Glenn. She's she's Of Glenn. And I I can't remember what her real name is, or even if it's revealed in this. Emily, maybe I don't know. Anyway, based on a book, 
by Margaret Atwood. Um, Margaret Atwood said that when she started writing the book, her title for it was Offred, which is why they titled the first episode Offred. Um, this is the name given to the main character by the repressive regime that is enslaving her. Okay, so in addition to its primary meaning, because it's like she belo- she is a piece of cattle. She belongs to Commander Fred uh, Waterford. Um, Atwood also explained that she intended the name to remind the reader of the word offered, meaning denoting a religious offering or a victim mm-hmm. offered for sacrifice. Like a sacrifice. Yeah. 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 So. Um, okay. So I try to write as very little notes as possible because we like to discuss – we don't like to run through every single thing in the episode like I was doing with Smallville. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Steph doesn't want me to overwork myself. Um, right. But I just got to discuss all sorts of things. Okay. So first off, the so this thing opens up with uh, um, June trying to escape with Luke and her daughter, Hannah. And just, just this crazy situation. She's running through the woods with her daughter. Like, who knows what happened with a gunshot went off. So we assume that they killed Luke. Um, and, uh, yeah, I see. I wonder about that. I wonder if Luke will pop up later or Mm. if they wanted to kill off the husbands of all of the, the people who are potential handmaids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The fertile ones. I I do not know. So we'll see. Yeah, and then in just there's a lot of things that's kind of hinted at in the dialogue. Like there's a lot of people who escaped to Canada who could get away. And mm-hmm. just what's amazing is how fast this all happened. Yeah, yeah. And I think more, more and more of the past gets filled in. I believe, mm-hmm. I believe in the next episode um, we see a really good flashback of what led to it, which seemed very reminiscent of. Um, our current political state, which really sold me on the show. So we'll talk about that when we talk about the third episode. Um, But yeah, this is, this is as a parent terrifying to me, this whole like running through the woods, hiding with your child. You're trying to explain like, you know, like honey, everything's going to be fine. I'm going to protect you. And she just can't protect her child. Yeah. Her child is just ripped from her children ripped from parents and taken away. Can you imagine? Mm Mm-hmm. And and then she's you know as a handmaid she's got to stay uh, sh- sharp and stay def- defiant and resist in her ways for her child she has to get her child out of this situation right. I mean let me tell you if you don't understand the power of the motherly bond mm-hmm. the the mama bear the I mean the the um, the innate capacity for a mother to take care of her child mm-hmm. is the strongest. I mean, you just can't imagine because that kid, that kid is an extension of you. Right. I mean, I don't know. You know, I can't speak for the motherly one, but as a father, this is, this is anxiety inducing. This is terrifying. Yeah. To because just, you are the person to take that is responsible for this child and uh, to take care of this child. Yeah, I can't protect just, you that my power is taken away from me. And immediately she's like knocked out in the woods with a butt of a rifle, just gone. Yeah. How horrible. Um, okay, so uh, we're moved on. We move on to the the Waterford room. We find out that this is Alfred's second posting. So it's been a, it's been a while. Like Stained sang way back in the 
2000s. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. So why can't they get pregnant? There Was was there a nuclear war? Yeah, there's been – I wrote down in my notes like different things as we as we go along. But uh, yeah, it seemed like there was some sort of horrible nuclear thing that happened, radiation. Well uh, – uh, Oh, yeah. Uh, especially when they start talking about going to the stores, which are named All Flesh and Loaves and Fishes and talking about how like some of these like vegetables have high levels of dioxin. Mm-hmm. So, and how they shipped the lesbians off to the uh, oh god the trash piles or whatever, and they're to, the to clean that the colonies, yeah. and their skin melts off their flesh. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So at the Waterford home, we meet uh, Ivan Strahovski, which uh, who played a very likable, lovable character in Chuck <laughs> many years ago, and here is just playing. Well, what did you think of Serena Joy? (laughs) Sounds uh, like her name doesn't uh, really, really uh, uh, speak to the character to me. She's neither serene nor joyous. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I expect. Okay, like I'm. I watched the show Pose. Mm -hmm. It was a Ryan Murphy show. It was very good. It was good. You know about the trans (laughs) ladies in uh, New York and. And you think the show is going to be about this group, and it ends up, it's also about the wife of the guy who is working for Donald Trump, but on the side, he has he has a girlfriend that he puts in an apartment. And it's also, I mean, it's about all women. It's about the married straight woman. It's about... The trans one. Anyway, I'm making a long, long story short. I think that Serene Joy is going to be um, a part of this story as the way the handmaids are uh, treated by the patriarchy. Serene Joy's story is going to be a part of the handmaids' stories. Serena. Also, Serena. Whatever. <laughs> Yeah, she's really just like – just starts talking about her in dehumanizing ways. Like our last one was brand new and that was like training a dog but not a smart one. Yeah, well also when they're at the uh, baby shower or the the birth uh-huh. in the second episode, oh, does she want a cookie? Oh, look how well trained she is. Look how well uh, – look how polite oh, she is. God. Yeah, that like other woman. She's, like she's – I don't know, like a dog, like a child, mm-hmm. like a, yeah. Definitely not like oh. a, a, a woman standing next to you, just like another woman. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's also, uh, I think, a bit of jealousy on her part because she can't bear babies and she's, right. she, her yeah, husband there's has that, to have sex with her. Yeah, that whole dynamic of, I can't see her as a woman because if I see her as a woman, then I will be jealous that my husband is sticking his whatever in her. And oh my God, can we get to that whole scene about? <laughs> oh, what? so disturbing. Which one? The, the sex scene. The ceremony, you mean? The ceremony. Oh, the ceremony. Yeah, first they bathe her like a like a prized pig. And we actually see when she has her bonnet off that she has uh, her left ear is tagged. Did you notice that? Yes. 
horrifying. Um, and and so there's this whole like thing where everybody is gathered into like the sitting room, and they all have to wait for the commander to uh, knock. He's got to knock, and then he walks in. He unlocks a box and reads about Jacob and Rachel. <laughs> um, and then she's laid on the bed between Serena's legs, um, and Serena actually has to hold her wrists, which is like so. I mean, if it, <laughs> I mean, this is all very. Very rapey. This is rape, 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 rape. Capital R A P E. But like the fact that she's like also complicit in it, holding her wrist back as the well, commander. Well, and, does his way and with it her. all works together. Like this scene and the birth scene. Mm-hmm. These the wives have to like. Sadie. There are no dogs in Gilead Sadie. either. No dogs. Uh, the wives have to. They go through this mimic. Of like they're the ones that's taking part in in the act, yeah. and they're not. It's just so weird. Uh, it is all pretty horrible. Um, just talking about the ceremony, like like um, yeah, Fred doesn't touch Alfred with his hands. Like when he's about to like finish, like he grabs the bedposts, but he's basically basically just keeps his hands on his hips, and it's like all like. Mechanical, and I don't know. This is, I think, this is this whole scene here. Like people who think about watching The Handmaid's Tale, but like, no, I don't really want to watch a woman being raped over and over and over again. You know, this is the scene that uh, I think is most polarizing to anybody watching this show. And it is. It's horrible. It's and and uh, you know, I, I, I'm I'm sort of glad we don't have to see the first time this happens to Alfred. This time she just learns how to like focus on like in the beginning of the second episode where she's just like talking about blue things with blue in the title. She's looking at the ceiling. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's talk about uh, Max Magilla and Gilla. Yeah, Nick, the driver, the Commander Waterford's uh, assistant. Or whatever, his driver, mm-hmm. the guy who relays messages. And they, they have this social thing in their houses where they don't know who to trust. So she has to put on this act of, you know, blessed be the fruit, blessed be the blah, 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 blah whatever. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't know if he's, because off, who's, who's it, uh, Rory Gilmore? <laughs> off Glenn. <laughs> off Glenn, Glenn, off Glenn. <laughs> Offland has told her. Well, first, she didn't know if she could trust Offland, uh-huh. and then Offland said that there's some there's a spy in your house. You can't trust anybody. Uh, there's somebody, so she can't trust anybody. Right? There's somebody. She doesn't know who it is, so she doesn't know if Nick, if she can trust him. But she gets she gets the idea that he likes her. Yeah, it's not just a spy. It's they call it an eye. Um, an eye is a. Uh, and we see an eye like taking somebody down in the streets when uh, Alfred and Offglen are walking along. They just like beat the shit out of you and like throw you in the back of a van, and who knows what happens to you? Whether you get well, killed and or also, sent to the colonies. also they walk by the river because they're like, oh, this is a a pleasant thing that we can walk by the river. <laughs> well, there are these hung bodies hanging off the bridge. Yep, they're beside them, and they sit there and they just have blocked these dead bodies out. And um, but you had just all these reminders around of what kind of oppressive authoritarian dictatorship yeah. they live under. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know. It, there's 
I don't I don't I'm not an expert in uh religion or anything, but it was like they they burned down a Catholic church. They they often even talked about how the monsters like destroyed something as beautiful as the St. Patrick's Cathedral and just like erased it from the earth, like through all every piece of it into like the river. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like one of the people that are hung it, uh, was a priest. So I'm wondering like with these references to biblical stories like Jacob and Rachel, but also like killing priests and de- destroying churches. I just don't know. Well, Do okay. This is always religion or, this has always stuck with me. I heard somebody say, I think it was on a podcast, where the person who was religious was offended by the idea of the Handmaid's Tale. But really? the other person said, well, it's not that they're actually religious. They're using religion as an excuse. They're just using because they tell her, uh, blessed be the meek, blessed be the meek. So you have to be meek. Yeah. And she said they what they leave out is that they inherit the earth. Right. So they're not actually using all of the Bible, just the parts that benefit them. Yeah. Yeah. Praise so me. that yeah, that makes me wonder will we get to know more about this regime mm-hmm. and oh, what are their uh I mean, are they really religious or is this this all just a ruse. Yeah. They do say may the Lord open. So I mean the the robotic call and out call and answer <laughs> always bothers me. I mean it it's it's easy to like uh mock, but it's like it, it bothers me in the fact that these poor women have to just basically say this to each other as if they believe it, you know. And I'm sure some of them, you know, they get broken so much that they do believe it. But I think the the grossest one is blessed be the fruit because you know what the fruit is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Nasty. And then may the Lord open, like open legs, you know. And then um, the other one I wrote down was under his eye, under his eye, like under the patriarchy's eye. You're all under his eye. Yeah. So it's just uh, – I, I – I, it's so creepy. It's so creepy. Hey, we didn't talk about uh, uh, Joseph Fiennes uh, playing Commander Waterford. What did you think of uh, Joseph? Did you like him as much as you did in uh, Flash Forward? Um, <laughs> yes. He is usually not a good actor. Right. <laughs> I've, like, he has a lot of promise. Uh-huh. And I guess because he's Ray's brother, Rafe's brother, that yeah. he uh, that's the only reason he gets... He's gotten as far as he has. He it's um it, he's a it's like he's eighty five percent. You know he's got he's got eighty five percent. But this he's I think he's well suited for this role. Yeah, it's a very uh, restrained role. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just looking up his other like uh, he was in Shakespeare in Love. Um, oh, I do like Enemy at the Gates, but he doesn't actually play like the hero character. He's like uh, Jude Law's friend. Um, what else was the end? Uh, I remember Flash Forward because like his acting in that was just like <laughs> I don't know he's he, I don't know if he was instructed to be like just act crazy or explosive you know and he just took that you know. I, I, what was that? What was that one thing that they played <laughs> on loop? Uh forget. <laughs> it's it's very much like you're tearing me apart, you know. But yeah, we were on a break or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Um, 
But uh, let's see, it was an Elizabeth. Uh, yeah. So, but anyway, um, yeah, I've never really had to. I've heard a lot of people talk about how like he's a bad actor. I, I, I think he's, he's he's fine. I don't know. He's really creepy in this show. He's really he's really like you wonder what's going on. Like, is he you know is he crushing on Alfred? Is he using his power to? Is he testing her? Is it you know what? What is there like a lonely person stuck inside this like uh, you know he's he's going by the numbers, but is he just like lonely inside or whatever? Um, yeah, you know it, it's hard to tell at least in these first couple episodes what's going on with him. Yeah, because uh, you know he he brings her to, he invites her to his office to play chess. That's not right. Scrabble. And he treats her like a person. Yeah. And that is not right. But it's also like, I don't know, she's so, like, scared that she's he's testing her, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I like how after that, that she just basically deflates by laughing in her room because it was just must have been so freaking tense, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but let's see. Oh, and also um, Nick... Uh, the driver is also like you're wondering what's going on. Like the men, they have such power that like you do you trust any of them? You know. Anyway, we should talk about uh, the flashback, the first flashback to the Red Center, and where we meet the great Andowd, the scariest F Andowd, mm. <laughs> who uh, I was already a huge fan of in the Leftovers. And now she's playing like, gosh, uh, Aunt Lydia. Aunt Lydia. So, uh, what do you think of Aunt Lydia? <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's terrifying because she's she's the one on the front line brainwashing them. Yeah, she's a woman. She's complicit in all this, and it's like she's a true believer. Um, yeah. So Aunt Lydia talks about, to her class, God whipped up a special plague to punish those who would poison the earth. Infertility. Um, So she mentions a plague. Is it a literal plague or is this like the version of history they're trying to sell? There wasn't Mm -hmm. like a war and there wasn't radiation. There was a plague. Is this very biblical to say plague? And then she says it was punishment for stuff like contraception and abortion. And – you know, you're blessed. You're lucky to bear children. This may, this doesn't feel ordinary to you now, but after a time, this will be the ordinary. And that line right there, I was like, oh, that's so, <laughs> that's so true. That's so, mm-hmm. that's so true. Um, we also meet uh, Moira, uh, uh, June's best friend from, from before, who was played by, I forget, but she was Poussey in Orange is the New Black. And yeah, I really like-, like her. Like some Samara Wiley, I think we put it. There. Yes, yeah, Samara Wiley. Yeah. So she talks about how her girlfriend was rounded up and called an unwoman and sent to the colonies. Mm. Like I said, uh, when we first meet Janine, she's like calling it like it is um, mm-hmm. that this is like a loony bed, and she's like, <laughs> like us watching this, you know? Yeah. And then she's just immediately like freaking tasered, beaten up, taken out, and her eye freaking taken from her. And uh, they have the Moira says, "If my right eye offends thee, pluck it out. We don't need eyes to breed." 
And we even get some victim blaming. Janine talks about how she was gang raped in high school and Aunt Lydia says it was her fault. And uh, everybody starts saying her fault, her fault, her fault. And um, and June has to join in. Yeah, she gets encouraged to join in by getting slapped. Oh, okay. Do you know who slapped her? Margaret Off- Atwood. Oh, really? That was the author. <laughs> yep. Oh. She has to reach in and cuff her uh, main character. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Moira's Moira's kind of like taking charge of trying to keep everybody's shit together, keep Janine from losing it, warning off her to keep her shit together. And um, yeah, what else? Uh, there's a, there's even a flashback even further where we find where we see a little bit of June being pregnant, and there's like. She's just hearing about miscarriages left and right. Um, what else? Uh, okay, so that uh, uh, episode, uh, ceremony. Um, oh, it's so horrible! Like the so, like he finishes and she's just like laying there, and um, Serena tells her to get out. <laughs> well, she says, "Should I prop my hips up?" Yeah, and and she was like, "Get out!" You know, like she didn't want to talk to her. Like it's over. We're not. I'm not going to talk to you like a human being. Right. I don't know. If I was Serena and I wasn't a fan of what was going on, I would be like, yeah, please prop yourself up. I want you to get pregnant as quick as possible <laughs> so I can get you out of my house. But, well, I mean, I just ha- have a feeling that uh, it doesn't matter if she did get pregnant. It should have – it would never end. It would be never ending. It's mm-hmm. just this is her life now. So Offer goes outside with her hair down and her nightgown and Nick sees her and it's like, will he report her or not? Um, so we get this uh, um, great shot of all the handmaids in red and their white bonnets um, gathering at the Red Center for like a reunion kind of thing. And, um, and it turns out to be like a punishment for a guy that raped a pregnant handmaid and the baby died. And I just wonder, is that really what happened? <laughs> you know? He's not saying anything, yeah. Who knows? Uh, who knows? And it, so the handmaids get to let out all their frustration right. and anger out on this poor guy. And it's so disturbing. I like what Lydia says. She's like, when I blow the whistle, what you do is up to you. <laughs> and they just like go freaking crazy on him. And yeah, it's so disturbing. And I got to tell you, the ghastly image of Janine with that eye and then just like that big pregnant stomach on top of it all, you know, just the contrasting images. It's just like, ugh, just off putting. I don't know. Yeah. I also like the fact that, um, before they, uh, form a circle around the guy that they're going to punish, they have to lose their wings. They have to take their wings off those bigger bonnets that go under little bonnets. Mm. And uh, I like that they're understanding enough, enough uh, that after they just like freaking basically murder this guy, they, she, Aunt Lydia doesn't like just like blow her whistle and tell them all to get back in formation. She lets them just kind of wander around in pants and just like get themselves back together again before mm-hmm. they leave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, Janine says that Moira is uh, dead or no, sent to the colonies. Mm-hmm. So and she and she's like, yeah, she's dead. Mm-hmm. They sent her to the colonies. So, yeah, at the end of the episode, uh, um, Off Glen reveals her colors. She actually had a wife and a son named Oliver. They were trying to get into Canada, but she didn't have a passport. So she got left behind. And uh, she warns that there's an eye in their house. 
Um, yeah, she she asked Offlin, "How do you know? How do you know? We don't. We never know because she gets taken, right? Or uh, at the the next episode or the end of the episode, she goes to meet her to go to the grocery store, and it's another person. That's sure. such isn't that's such a scary like uh hey, and you know she starts talking to her, and it's very much like um you know she's like doing the robotic answer. She's not giving into any sort of personal connection, you know. Um, but yeah, this episode ends with, I intend to survive for her. Her name is Hannah. My husband's name is Luke. My name is June. And, um, I just want to mention that in the book, she actually never reveals her name. Um, but there is like a flashback to the red center where it's all, the book is narrated from her point of view for the most part. Mm -hmm. Um, and then she talks about like all the girls around her, like had names once too, like Moira and Janine and June. And, and she goes, and it's like every name that she mentions is a character that's not her except for the name June, but she never explicitly says that her name is June. So this is a kind of a, the, the the show going basically like, you know, we're going to call her June. <laughs> mm. But I like how like, you know, the end of, it's like the end of the first episode. Here's the mission statement. I am going to find my daughter, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to survive for my daughter. And I'm, and I'm not going to forget my name. And my name is June. It's not Offred, you know, as the episode yeah. called. And the episode just like, uh, Ends with You Don't Own Me by Leslie Gore, which is freaking awesome. <laughs> it's a great song. Um, okay, so what, we've we've been going back and forth talking about the episodes, but um, now definitely talking about birthday. Um, oh, yeah. So we see a lot of, like, how June was pregnant and, and uh, Simone. Simone? Moira? Shh. Moira? <laughs> Moira, you know, trying to think of Samara. <laughs> I don't know, probably. So Moira is her friend and is there through through everything, mm. and she goes to the hospital and has her baby, and it's her and Luke there, and the baby's born, and her baby is the only baby in the nursery. Yeah, two are in the ICU, and the others are with God. And even the nurse even says, like, praise be after, you know, they. Yeah, so it's like the, starting. It's starting. it's starting. And, oh, it's so creepy outside the hospital, like June in labor being brought in with Luke and just looking around nervously because there's just a bunch of people outside the hospital just praying, you know? So it's already like this mass, you know, hysteria, I guess you want to call it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then her baby gets snatched. Uh-huh. So, because this his, oh, this woman lost her baby. Her baby died. Mm-hmm. So she kind of went. So you kind of feel bad. Yeah. I was actually noticing, like, this is a newborn that they're using. By the way, this is I. I, I, I got to hand it to whoever the parents of that newborn is, because the, you know they show a close up and it's like little fingers, little toes. That thing is that child is no more than like a week or, or two old. It's a, it's a little baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah. Like that scene where uh, the woman is like holding the baby, and then the cops come around it, and uh, and I, I had to rewind. I went back. There is there is a cut um, where they must have switched out the baby to like a plastic piece. They're like wrestling with the baby for a second there until finally, uh, um, you know, uh, the the cop gets a hold of it and then hands it to because the cop goes like grabs the baby, goes off camera, and must have grabbed the real baby and then brings it to. Uh, Luke and June and gives the baby back. 
Because for a second I was like, could they just do that with a real baby? But mm. no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, things are getting crazy even back then. And uh, yeah, I love anytime the show like flashes back to see how how we got to where we where we're at. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so we find out a little bit more of off off Glenn was a cellular biology professor and we find out that all the college professors were sent to the colonies unless you had ovaries like they just like educated educated people goodbye you're gonna go work in some work camps and so uh you're saying that education is not valued no in this authoritarian uh government no no definitely Mm. not maybe it's not as important as faith Maybe educated people might be like the enemy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, How dare you educate your child? I know. Oh. Anyway, uh, I really liked that uh, shot of um, them walking down the road in that church that was just completely demolished. And I thought that was like all CGI. But mm-hmm. no, uh, this this show is filmed in Ontario. And Mm -hmm. apparently they were shooting in a town where there was a church that was demolished and they were basically taking it down uh, probably because it was like unsafe or whatever. And so that's a real church. It's huge too. Yeah. Um, But the story does take place in Cambridge, Mass. Just so you know. I was wondering. This is where they're at. Yeah. It's weird because they mentioned some stuff like Chicago is destroyed. Um, mm-hmm. There's a war. Zone. There's a war going on. There's there's a, a rebellion going on. There's war. Um, she even mentions that Anchorage is the capital now. Anchorage, <laughs> that's Alaska. <laughs> but th- also, um, uh, Commander Waterford mentions how he has a meeting to go to in D.C. So I'm not quite sure. Maybe the maybe I'm misunderstanding or what. <laughs> but. Um, so yeah, Offgland tells her to get some info on Waterford that this whole meeting with Waterford isn't a bad thing. It could be a good thing. Um, meanwhile, oh, Nick, that's where she goes to play Scrabble. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's a little bit of a flirty moment when, uh, Offred has her leg bare in front of Oh, Nick. yeah. She's, yeah, she's testing him. She does, she wants to see how he'll react. Yeah. Um, and he warns her not to get too close to off Glen. Yeah, so he's telling her that she can't be trusted. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, we go to this birth of uh, Janine, of Warren. Um, oh, God. The okay. women are acting the macar- out the labor. <laughs> the, wait, the, let's talk about the macaroon uh, display. Oh, please, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> that looks like something you would see in New York. <laughs> yep. They're all just, all these women are just... Acting out the labor, well, the, the I know, know I was like Mrs. What Warren is going or whatever. On? So they're like separated. So the the wives are all pretending that this this woman is in labor and she yeah. is not, mm-hmm. and then the the handmaids are upstairs with Janine, Aunt Lydia, and Aunt Lydia, and they're helping her through her birth. And, and just like they have this, like they have it like a system down to like. Put, breathe, breathe. This is how you. Breathe, this is what you do push. next, and then you chant this, and then you tell her this. But June kind of breaks out of character, you know, kind of goes into her June character, mm-hmm. and is is telling uh, Janine things that she would tell her if that was her friend, right? 
Yeah, I was wondering. I was like, I wonder how. I mean, I think Aunt Lydia um, uh, is a little kind more of, lenient on the whole yeah. situation she because there is a situation. Yeah. yeah, there's a miracle she allowed happening. It. Um, so yeah, that's when we get to Offred's helping off Glenn clean up and, um, she goes to have the interaction with Serena and the other wives, how well behaved she is when she was, and she's like offered a, a cookie. So she takes the cookie, puts it in her mouth and like, doesn't swallow it and goes to the bathroom and spits it out and wipes her mouth and looks in the mirror, which is at us and smiles and I'm going to tell you, this is one of my favorite things about Handmaid's Tale. And it must be a thing because I was talking about it last week with Fleabag. Whenever the main character is looking at me, you know, I'm I'm into it. Like they're like, You're totally sucked in. Yeah. So this one, it, it, it kind of works into the scene um, because she's looking in a mirror, but she's looking directly at the camera. There are other moments where she's looking at the camera and I'll, I'll be so, talking about so those. she she was in the character of alfred and pretended to take the cookie but june was defiant and not gonna eat their cookie right like the, the amount of emotional abuse they were putting her through just for to give her a cookie and how just demoralizing and demeaning mm-hmm. i like that she like spits the cookie out wipes hashtag her mouth. resist yeah <laughs> and then she smiles has a little, like a, a sneer almost, you know? And I just, God, I love Elizabeth Moss's sneers in the show. <laughs> They're so awesome. Um, another note I meant I mentioned is I don't see anybody giving poor Janine any drugs during this. This is natural, and this is... Yeah. There's no, no anything. No episiotomy. No, no, <laughs> no alcohol. <laughs> and so when she's about to give birth... Uh, they bring in Mrs. Warren and they uh, place Janine between her legs so she can be in on the ceremony and pretend that she's like they're like doing a human centipede birth. <laughs> <laughs> it's so messed up. Yeah. And this is like, you know, this is normal for everybody. Nobody's like looking around like this is fucked up. Like this is I mean, yeah, we're getting the benefits of getting a baby and yay, praise be and all that. But how weird is this situation right now? You know, that we're treating her like a non-human. Yeah. Or, you know, just the, the whole acting by Mm -hmm. Mrs. Like acting like she's in labor when she's clearly not in labor. (laughs) She's not pregnant at all. Um, and it is weird how like everybody is, is so like faithful or maybe even scared into being faithful or just have to play the parts in order to, have the power or keep the power because it's not like you know like we see june like a few years ago before this all happened so it's only been just like a couple years you know so it's just like again it's like the whole this is this is not doesn't feel normal now but this will this is going to be normal soon normalization brainwashing so the baby is taken from Janine and handed it right off to Aunt Lydia, who then hands it to Mrs. Warren. Janine doesn't even get to touch her child. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's another thing that's, I think, big with, you know, giving birth is that you put the mo- you put the baby on the mother's bare skin, like immediately. Yeah, so the mother and the baby can bond. Yes. And so they don't even allow Janine to have that. That's Mrs. Warren gets that. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. I do like that, um, you know, 
this is all messed up and praise be and all that. We're supposed to like follow this faith or whatever. But the, I believe like Aunt Lydia allows the handmaids to just completely surround Janine in this like long hug huddle while she's just sitting there by herself crying, you know? Um, it's another example of the leniency of like, yeah, understandable. You just got her baby taken away. Yes, she's a handmaid and she's a non-person, but <laughs> like also we want to keep things – Keep them quiet or whatever and offer them some gesture of warmth, I guess. I don't know. So anyway, um, what else? I mean, nothing else much help happens. I mean, the, the hand, the, the, the scrabble, um, she says that she's not able, she's not allowed to make eye contact. And Waterford says in here, we might be able to bend some rules. Yeah. And see, that's what's, that's disturbing too, because... Um, just the whole that there are rules where she is the uh, you know just being used to have a to, for a pregnancy, but then he wants to treat her different like it, that. That is messed up too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, where I'm sure that the that these Scrabble games are going to continue and they're going to get more and more familiar with each other, uh, and just how confusing this all is. Because she's supposed to act a certain way, but he's given her permission to to act more normal. to not act that yeah. way. Yeah. And how tense is it to have somebody that is like just relax and has all the power to just completely ruin you and destroy you? Yeah. Send you to toxic wasteland or whatever. Yeah, um, she doesn't know she can trust. How how can she trust him? I thought it was kind of. Uh, um, Sad when you know Alfred gets her letters for the first time and she makes the word nation and like <laughs> she must be re- remembering <laughs> what it was like to live in you know somewhat of a democracy before. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get a uh, we get her. Uh, they, he gives a gives her a handshake and says they they can have a date next time. So he's like calling it a date, like <laughs> fucking. Being forced into a relationship with the rapist is just yeah, like she's his girlfriend. A secret relationship, yeah, and she's got to like sneak through the house to get back. But she does let out some laughter, and I don't think it's because she had a ton of fun. I think it was just like relief that <laughs> that you know she didn't mess up, or it, it, I don't know. She doesn't know what else to do. Yeah. And of course, you know, she wasn't even sure what to expect. And the last thing she probably was expecting is, oh, he wants to play Scrabble with me. <laughs> uh, so uh, we get Don't You Forget About Me playing during this whole thing, too, um, which I thought was a little, I mean, I don't know. It's it's creepy to play this song, <laughs> but also like, I don't know, it seemed, I'm so, I so relate that song to like The Breakfast Club and... <laughs> It seemed that was a, a my favorite song choice, I think. But um, blah, 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 blah. so yeah, this is when she finds out that um, Off Glen is not Off Glen anymore. It's new Off Glen. Has Off Glen been transported to a new post? I am Off Glen. <laughs> mm. So yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? I've already worked through all my notes. Finally, um, I think we covered it. Um, how many episodes do you want to talk about next time? <laughs> mm, 
We can do, I don't know, I'm working overtime next week. Let's just do two next time. Okay. We'll do two next time. We'll do it on the same night as Redemption Cast again, and then we'll get it right out to you folks who are listening. And if you are listening, thank you for listening to us. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, the episodes late. I sigh because I'm, I have to read this other word, this other title. Uh, the other episode title is something I'm going to be able to read better when I watch the episode. Nolite te bestardes cabarundarum. Oh, wow. That's pretty close. Yeah. So those two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have teases for you? I, uh, teases. I just have to look through the summaries of these episodes because I didn't well, actually. Well, I, I think we find out what happens to off Glenn. Glenn? Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes. Off Glen, we find out about Off Glen. Um, let's see what else. Do we uh, find out what happened to Moira? Um, <laughs> I know. I I know. We, we get a, more flashbacks. Some really great flashbacks with with Moira. She's definitely in there. Um, what else? Uh, da, 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 da. There's more with Nick. Uh huh. Is that in these next two episodes where? They decide to... <laughs> Don't spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> they decide to do something? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. Um, they're, well, they're, maybe I watched further than I realized. Alfred does get in trouble for some lo- for a lie that she does. Oh. We get lots of more flashbacks. Um, yes. And we get to find a little bit about the handmaid who was in the house before. Oh, that's about all I can say. All right, so yeah, it's uh, late and nullite te bastardes cabarundrum. Sure, I think I did that right. We'll catch y'all next week. Wow, we this was under an hour. Hot dog. Speaking of under, Bye. under his eye. Under his eye.